Well, this is the year of family. God has told us as Christ Community Church to speak to the body concerning family. We began doing that this year. Who would have thought that we would be stuck with our family in close quarters <laughs> routinely, day after day? It's a new dimension of uh, understanding family dynamics. But uh, part of our study for family falls right in line with Mother's Day. And uh, I've had a great mom. My mom has been such a blessing to me throughout my entire life. She nurtured me, cared for me, and uh, has been such a blessing. And then I married a woman who is a tremendous, tremendous mother. To watch her in her mothering skills, the, the soul of who she is, is to mother and to nurture her children. I've been blessed. Not all of you have had that blessing, and I'm sorry. But there is a love so rich and so deep that I want you to lean into the love of God. This morning, I, I want to share with you a message about mothering. I'm not a mother, but I have observed mothers for many years. For over these 61 years, what I've observed about mothering is, well, this one statement. I had no idea this is what I was in for. No idea. Mothering. How do you prepare for that? But yet there is an instinct in you that God gave you. But many of us had no idea. So I'm going to take you through the mothers of the Bible. Some of you, especially moms, mothers always have this complex that I'm not good enough. Did I ruin my children? Uh, did I do enough for them? Was I too hard? Was I too soft? Did I point them in the right direction? Did I get it right? Did I get it wrong? I had no idea it was going to be this hard. Well, I want to take you through many of the mothers in the Bible and let you know that throughout Scripture, yeah, I really don't see that perfect mom because none of us really can get it right, moms, dads. So let's just take a look at this as we go through. The, the first mother we're going to look at is Chave. We pronounce it Eve. <laughs> E-V-E in Hebrew, it's chaveh. And so uh, we're going to look at Eve and what kind of mom she was. Uh, Adam called her chaveh, Eve, because she's the mother of living things. In other words, she got pregnant. They had to figure that one out. And then this living being came out of her body. He goes, what, 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 Eve? She births living things. That's awesome. So she's the mother of living life. Can you imagine the tragedy? She had no idea the tragedy of bringing life in and her firstborn is murdered. And she must bury and put to death her child. I mean, put to, put to rest her child. And here's the, the worst of it. It was his brother that killed him. Can you imagine being the mom of that dreaded situation? So we begin the human race with a mother, the mother of all living, who immediately understands the sorrow 
of all living and has to cope with family dynamic of a brother who kills the firstborn. She puts him to rest, but then they have to cast him, Cain, out of the home, and she now has to say goodbye to the brother who was a murderer and raise the rest of the children in the family. She had no idea what was to come in life. How many of you mothers had no idea tragedy may have come to your house? You didn't sign up for this. You didn't expect it. It's difficult. You had no idea the mother was so hard. What about Noah's wife? We don't even know her name. We don't even know Noah's wife's name. And she was married to a workaholic. She was married to a guy day in and day out for a hundred years building a boat. What a dynamic that had to have been, right? I had no idea when I married you, you were going to go build a boat. You were going to be called by God into ministry, but I thought the ministry would have been a lot more important than this. But it was very important. <laughs> Pretty much saved the human race. So Noah was on a venture to save the world. I don't know how many mothers, how many women expected their children to save the world. Noah's mother gave him a name that was a promise to save the world. Noah married a woman who, if anything, had hoped to get a cruise out of this <laughs> marriage. That's about, that's about all I could figure that the three sons of Noah promised their Wives, really, I'll take you on a cruise for our honeymoon. Could you imagine being married to, to Noah's sons? We're going to live with your in-laws and all their animals too? So I had no idea this was all involved. See, many of us have no idea what is set before us in mothering and what you're going to have to put up with. I didn't sign up for this. Sarah, boy, she wanted to be a mother Sarah married to Abraham. They're going to leave the big city, leave where the Ur of the Chaldees, man, they had it good. It went well. And they're going to go live in a tent in the desert. And uh, she, uh, she'll put up with all of it if she could just have a kid. And she lived most of her life, her entire life, barren, without a child. And some of you have struggled with that concept and and had to deal with the, the prospects of never having a child. And then God says, okay, now it's time. And she laughs. Are you kidding me? Sarah has a baby when she's 90. Now that's a wonderful biblical story, but when you're 93 chasing a three-year-old around the desert, trying to make sure he doesn't get hit by a scorpion or a snake or something, Right? Then you're 95 and you got this five year old. I, I mean, come on. And then the dysfunctional part of that family is they developed a system of having a surrogate. That didn't go over very well. Have you ever had plans in your marriage that you thought, if we do this, we could really fix everything? And it doesn't fix anything, and it makes everything worse. Then you have a stepchild with another child that doesn't get along. And you have to kick them out. 
this is not easy, is it? Then you have Rebecca. Rebecca and her family dynamics with Isaac. So when you read that story, you see that she favored her son Jacob while Isaac favored Esau. So you've got a dysfunctional family. I don't know how many of you were called the black sheep of the family. I don't know how many of you that your mom looked out for but your dad ignored. I don't know how many of you grew up in a home where it just wasn't, you know, the, the, the situation that was really conducive to love, love, love. In fact, mom's lying to dad and dad's ticked and the boys are fighting all the time. See, I mean, we had no idea. You know, we're looking at the Bible for, oh, these perfect situations and they're far and few between. We had no idea that mothering would be this hard. Rachel and Leah and the two other wives married to Jacob. I'm not even going to go into that. That's dysfunction on the wedding night. I mean, Jacob thought he was marrying his love, uh, Rachel, and he woke up to a cross-eyed Leah. <laughs> that's, that's scary. Now what do you do with that? And then... Leah never felt the love of Jacob, but yet she bore him the children and she would name each child in the hope that she would finally get the love from the husband. And he always gave it to uh, Rachel who never didn't have a child. And oh my gosh, it was, wow. Am I describing anybody's home life? I don't know. You know, I mean, some folks have been married and divorced and remarried and, and trying to make things work. How about this one, Jochebed? I saw it in the countdown. Jochebed was the mother of Moses. She gave her child up for adoption. Didn't she? Instead of that baby being killed or aborted at birth, she gave that child up so he could live and put him in a basket down the river. Could you imagine what a mother felt separating this child, loving that child so much that she had to release it to live, but how much she wanted to hold it, and yet she was able to nurse that baby, Moses, till he was weaned. We have Deborah. Now, Deborah is an interesting character. Deborah is the prophetess. Now, it says in the Bible that she had a husband and she had children. Now, here you have a working mom. I mean, Deborah is the prophetess who every day sat under the uh, tree to judge the nation and deal with all of their problems. She's the one who was the commander-in-chief of the army of Israel and uh, dealt with uh, Barak uh, uh, to have him go out and kill the army and everything, and she'd suit up and ride out there too. Where's mom? Ah, oh, she went into battle again. Where's mom solving everybody else's problems? I don't know what her family life was like. Can you imagine? I mean, we have this, we have this uh, thing in our society that moms, you can do it all. You should do it all. You should have a career. You should have a home. You should have kids. You can take all care of everything all at once with no stress. I don't know how that worked out for Deborah. I mean, she was pretty awesome. 
Then you have the love story. Who doesn't love the love story of Ruth and Naomi? Right? Ruth, what a love story. But you know, it didn't start out that great. Naomi, mom, took her two boys with her husband because of a famine into the Moab. And here she goes into a foreign land, and she loses her husband, she loses her two sons, and she's stuck with two daughter-in-laws. She said, I'm going back home. She split them up, but Ruth said, I'm going where you're going. Because I'm thinking that Naomi was a mother to Ruth that Ruth never had. Naomi mothered Ruth in such a way that Ruth said, where you go, I go. Your people are my people. Your God is my God. Where you die, I die. That's devotion to a deep mothering heart. And you can tell that Naomi loved Ruth. So they get back home, and then the love story, I mean, come on, bring the violins out, right? That She goes to glean at a field, and she sees Boaz on a horse, on a steed, his hair's fluttering. She's standing there, her hair's blowing in the wind. He's going, check out this chick, man, who is she? It's a beautiful story, right? They have a little picnic together. Mm-hmm. She becomes the mom in the line of David. So every now and then you hear these awesome love stories. Maybe you've got one. But it didn't work for everybody. But you know what we don't hear? Are the stories with Ruth and Boaz after they got married. We don't know the day-to-day life. We don't know the day-to-day struggles. There are so many in our lives. So it's not easy. You have Hannah. That was Samuel's mother. Again, married to Elkanah, she couldn't have a child. Finally, she prayed and prayed for a child. He had two wives. One was having children. She wasn't. That's tough, man. You're looking at everybody else having baby showers, everybody else having births, and you're not. It's difficult. She cried out to God. She promised that child. She had no idea what that child was going to become. Every mother has a dream for their child. I want you to become this. I want you to be that. I hope you become this. How it breaks mothers' hearts when kids don't follow through or become what their potential that mom saw in them. It's heartbreaking. She had to give up little Samuel to a guy that was the high priest, Eli. This guy didn't even teach his own sons properly And she's got to give him to Eli. You want to talk about a praying mother. I believe that the reason Samuel heard God talking to him, not only was he called, but the prayers of his mother put that calling on him, I believe, personally. Oh, then we got, then we got Bathsheba. Oh, gee whiz, what a mess. She was married to a man she loved. Faithful to David, went in the army. All she was doing was taking a bath one night. And uh, David got in the mix of things. David had her husband killed. She uh, became pregnant. Uh, That illicit situation and affair just destroyed the family and David and the baby died. And what a mess. But here's the thing, moms, 
dads, sons, and daughters. <laughs> even in our biggest failings, even in our mashup of, of dysfunction and struggle, God can restore and bring a family out of it. And out of the relationship of David and Bathsheba, God called Solomon, their son, to be king. And Bathsheba reigned as queen, honored. So God can turn things around that start bad, that fail, that crumble. I want to say to you moms, it's not over yet. And whatever has failed and whatever has fallen apart and where your children maybe failed or didn't come through, I'm telling you, it's not over. God can redeem. He's so good at redeeming. He could change things around. Well, there's a mom. I'm not even going to talk about Jezebel. Just skip her, man. <laughs> she married Ahab, and that was just a bad story right off. She was just not a good woman. Then you have Esther. Esther, what a great story. We don't know if she had any children, but she mothered a nation, didn't she? She was able to protect a nation from being killed. And here's her qualifications. She was pretty. Hey, the king was looking for a beauty. And Esther showed up and he said, I'll take you. Who knew she would become queen? Who knew she would be the one who would have the king's favor? And she would be the one interceding at such a time as when Israel was going to be put to death, she interceded to save them. That's a mom. You might think, I have no qualifications. I didn't get my college degrees. I didn't get the job I was supposed to get. I had a career all lined up. I didn't marry the man I really wanted to marry, but it's working out okay or good enough, but whatever. And God is going to set you in a position of blessing. Your children shall bless you, and you can save a nation by saving a life. You have no idea. See, it goes both ways. You had no idea what mothering was about, how it was going to fall apart, or which way it was going to go. In the same sense, you had no idea how many people you would be blessing and how many lives you would be touching because you mothered. Then we have Mary, Miriam, the mother of Jesus. She was something else. It says that you know, at this young age, she gave birth to the Son of God, and it says she hid all these things in her heart. She watched. She raised this little boy, right? She had no idea that it was going to end on a cross, watching him struggle through the streets, being beaten and whipped, bleeding to the point of no longer recognizing his face, nailed to a cross where she stood at the foot of that cross. She had no idea it was going to go that way. But you know what she didn't also realize? That after three days, the tomb was empty and he rose again from the dead. She had no idea what was coming. That's awesome. So moms, we, I know you, you have no idea. No idea. The last one I leave for you is Peter's wife. Peter's wife. 
Peter had no idea that he'd be called into ministry by Jesus, the Messiah, and I'm sure his wife had no idea. She let him go follow Jesus for three years. She would host them at their house in Capernaum. Her mother would be sick, Jesus would heal her. She had no idea that she was going to end up on the road with Peter ministering to all the world. She was faithful and she had no idea that she'd end up hanging on a cross, put to death for her faith in Jesus Christ. So to end all of this, I say this to you. We can't do it without help. Moms, you cannot be a mother to the hope and the goal that you want without someone interceding for you. You need an intercessor, moms. You need a healer who will heal your wounded heart and your brokenness when relationships fail, when your children don't listen. You need someone who will counsel you as you counsel everyone else and help others. You need someone who will be a teacher to you. Oh, I know you read the articles on the internet. I know you read how to be a better mom, how to be this, how to be that. But who's going to teach you how to deal with all that's going on inside of you? You need a restrainer that would come upon you quickly when you're about to do some harm to your kids. (laughs) You need wisdom from above. You need wisdom that will come into your heart. You need help and patience. You need virtue to walk out in honesty and truth. You need justice. You need mercy. You need compassion. Oh, how you need power to get up again and do it all over each day. All the banal and boring, repetitive activity. Bottom line is, you need help, moms. You were hoping for help from your husband, you're hoping for help from your kids, but they can't fulfill this role. I'll tell you what you need help. Your help comes from on high, and your help comes from Jesus. Jesus is interceding for you day and night. Jesus is healing you. He's your healer. He is your counselor. He is your teacher. He is Oh, he is your wisdom. He is your patience. He is your virtue. He will bring justice. He loves your mercy and he pours compassion into you. He will give you power to stay with it and he will help you through your struggles, through your failings, and through all of life. The Mother's Day story is we need Jesus. Bottom line. I can't find a a Mother's Day card like that. I can honor mothers as best I can, but I can tell you that the solution to being a good mom is Jesus. The help for any situation comes from Jesus. So moms, let me pray for you in Jesus' name. Let's bow our heads. Jesus, I intercede for the mothers here, young and old, for the women, Lord God, who have mothered 
people spiritually, for those who have a broken heart, whose children have abandoned, for those who are estranged from family, from those whose families have failed and are dysfunctional, I pray, Jesus, you will restore, you will redeem, you will bring, Lord God, in every situation we read today in the Bible, you were there to restore and to redeem blessings in the mother's lives. It is not over. It is not too late. God is on your side. The Holy Spirit is within you. And Jesus is interceding for you day and night. Ladies, mothers, be restored now with hope that Jesus will be your light and your guide and your comfort and your counselor. Be strengthened in Jesus' name we pray.